Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. My job tonight is just to help somebody. I just want to help you. I, I, I don't want to step on toes. I don't want to rub anyone wrong. I just want to help you today. I believe that God is wanting to speak to our hearts. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and get started. I want to give honor to Pastor. Thank you for the opportunity. And I want to give honor to my beautiful wife who's with me today. She is the, the rock of our relationship. She keeps me grounded when I am all over the place and and I, I worry a lot, and uh, she does not. And I think that is an amazing trait to have. Um, because, you know, when I'm worried about anything, and I, 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 the way my mind works, Pastor, if I can just throw this out here, is if, if something goes wrong, I start going down the rabbit trail. Well, if, if that happens, then this is going to happen. And then if that happens, then this is going to happen. And if that happens, then this is going to happen. And then she... She just comes up and says, wait a minute, the first thing didn't even happen. So, so I'm so honored to have her in my life. She, she keeps me grounded, so I want to give honor to her. If you have your Bibles, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Very, very popular passage of Scripture here. Um, I do not intend to... to regurgitate the same thing that we've heard our whole lives. I believe God's given me a different angle here. And uh, I want to bring something out here that, it's a, that is a, a little counterintuitive. Something that probably doesn't really make sense in our minds, but I believe by the end of this message, you will get a grip of what God is trying to say. Starting in verse number 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above, above measure through the abundance of the revelation, Saying, I don't want people to start bragging about me and thinking that I'm, the, I'm, I'm everything in a bag of chips. I don't want you to think of that because right here, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. A thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Therefore, I'm going to be happy when I'm not well. I'm going to be happy when something goes wrong, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. 
I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in necessity, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And tonight, I want to bring this to, to, to grip here. The key verse in my message is verse number 7. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. You have to pay attention to the fact that the thorn was given to him. It didn't just appear out of nowhere. It didn't just come one day unexpectedly. There was given to Paul a thorn in the flesh. And sometimes God things to happen in your life that you might not like. But in the end, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so tonight, I want to preach on the blessing of thorns. The blessing of thorns. If we could just put our Bibles down and raise our hands and ask God to speak to us today, ask God to anoint His Word. Jesus, I can't do this without You. Father, I'm going to have Your help this moment. i got to have the anointing of God rest over this place today. Father, I feel Your presence so strong in this room right now. I pray that somebody would be shaken and stirred up and helped in the Holy Ghost today. God, we have been given things that we don't understand, but Your grace is always sufficient for us today. Anoint this Word. Anoint every person in this room. In Jesus' name I pray. We'll be quick to give You the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Why don't we just shout with a voice of triumph in this place? Why don't we just lift up our voice for just a moment and give God praise for who He is? Hallelujah! 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 Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. The blessing of thorns. Now, thorns are looked at as something that not very comfortable. If you've gone through the woods and walked into a patch of thorns, you're, you'll pretty much find out real quick that thorns aren't a very pleasant thing to come in contact with. When my wife and I, when we actually purchased our home, the previous owner had planted a ton of rose bushes around our property. There are many, many rose bushes around the front and the back of our home. And if I'm not careful when I cut grass or when I weed eat, my shirt can get caught in a few of these bushes or they even, they even poke me and it gets me quite upset to be honest because thorns cause pain. So the viewpoint of thorns is not very... Right, but as I began to look into why roses have thorns in the first place, if Sister Cindy could throw up this picture of a rose for me real fast, why do they even have God gave me a question of thorns are vital to your survival. The main function of these thorns on a rose is to serve as protection for the flower at the top of it. And it helps guarantee its survival in the environment that it finds itself in. Scientists explain that thorns 
protect the leaves and flowers from being eaten by the animals that are attracted to its scent and its taste. There is something very valuable to an animal at the top of this stem. But the purpose of the thorns is to protect the flower at the top. The purpose of the thorns is to protect the flower from the environment that it finds itself in. And I got to thinking about that, and it's like something jumped into my spirit and said it's the same scenario for us as children of God. God gives us thorns to keep us protected from the outside sources that want to... God gives us some thorns in our side every once in a while, not to harm you, but to keep the enemy away from you. The enemy is after what we have. The enemy is after what we have because what we have, what we possess is enticing to the devil. The Holy Ghost power that we have is enticing to our enemies. But when they try to destroy us, God has set up some walls that prevents Him from getting close enough to destroy us. We might think that the laws of righteousness and holiness are pains in our sides, but it's something to keep us protected the enemy that's trying to destroy us in this world. The purpose of the Word of God is to protect the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You cannot survive without the Word of God. You want to know what happens if you cut the thorns off of this flower, off of this stem of a rose? When you remove the thorns... It opens up wounds and holes on that stem which can become an entryway for bacteria to creep into the inside of that flower and destroy it from the inside out. You want to know why people backslide from this incredible truth? Because they decided that God's grace was not sufficient enough for what they were going through. So they decided to let go of everything God was trying to give them as protection. And it opened up holes in their heart. And it opened up holes in their mind for the devil to come in and destroy them from the inside out. Let me tell you something tonight. It starts on the inside. It starts when you develop a bad attitude towards the church and the things of God. It starts when you stop wanting to clap your hands anymore because you don't see a point in clapping your hands anymore. It's something that starts in your mind and it creeps into your heart. But God has placed something in your life that might be painful to live with. But if you live with it, I want to pose a theory tonight that it very well could be that thing that's keeping you in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might not like it. You might not understand why it's there. But it's a blessing at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it keeps you humble in His presence. At the end of the day, it keeps you on the straight and narrow way. We ought to be thankful for a God that gives us what we need to stay faithful in His house. Hallelujah. The church is where thorns become blessings. The church is where thorns become blessings. The church is where thorns become testimonies. That's why it's so important to come to the house of God every chance you get. Because this is where Jesus dwells. This 
the place where God Almighty inhabits. And there are people in this world that think that they can just watch sermons online and that's enough to get them to heaven. I'm not preaching against watching or listening to other sermons from other churches, but I am preaching against anyone who thinks that sitting on your couch in your living room and hearing some preacher online, even if it's me, hearing some preacher online is enough for you to be saved. You have to have the tabernacle. You have to have the church. You have to be in the presence of God for Him to do something in your life. And some of you might not have liked that, st that statement very much, but I would like to remind you that of some things in the Bible that you read. As a matter of fact, it was God. It was God Almighty, hear me tonight, the God of the universe in the Old Testament that established a place. He established a place, a particular place for meeting and encountering His presence on a whole different level. It was God's plan to create a tabernacle in the wilderness. It was God's plan to create a tabernacle where people can come and commune with Him. It was His plan and His desire to have a place called the church where the hurting can find redemption, where the saved can find encouragement, where His presence can move among His people. So I'd just like to point out that if God required a tabernacle in the Old Testament, what makes us think that we don't need to come to the tabernacle in the New Covenant? I'd just like to point the fact out that if God decided to put His presence in the holies of holies, what makes us think that we can go somewhere else and experience the holy of holies? Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you today that it's in the tabernacle where powerful things can take place. I'm not preaching against powerful against, against powerful. Things happening in storefronts and grocery stores and restaurants. We've all heard testimonies about it. I've, I've been a part of those things. We, we prayed our, our manager through at a pizza house in the parking lot of that restaurant through the Holy Ghost. I've been a part of those things. I'm not preaching against God moving in storefronts and grocery stores and restaurants. I'm just saying that you need to be a part of the body if you're ever going to make it through this world of insanity. You've got to be a part of something if you're going to make it in this world. You need the church. And I want you to know that the church needs you. You are valuable here. You are wanted here. You are needed here. It's not just us saying you need me, but I need you and I need you too. We are in this thing together. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter how far down the road you think you've gone. This is the place God wants you. If you can just come in His presence long enough, every sin you committed can be wiped away. Every bad deed you have done can be forgiven. There is power in the house of God. There is power. There is love in this house. There is forgiveness in this house. And this is what you find when you come into the tabernacle. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. Do you know what that tells me? 
God doesn't care what the sin is. If you come to an altar of repentance and humble yourself before God, His grace is sufficient to forgive you and give you a new life and give you a fresh start and fill you with His Spirit and you can leave this place differently than the way you came. Can I get a witness in the house today? You can leave this place different on fire for God, speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. There is no telling what God can do when we come to an altar and we humble ourselves and we repent, God can meet you there. We know the story of Jacob and Esau. We all know the story. And for those of you who, who don't know the story of Jacob and Esau, just a high-level recap, Jacob stole his brother Esau's blessing and his birthright. Esau got so mad that Jacob, his brother, stole that from him that he told Jacob, I'm going to kill you the next time I see you. So Jacob ran for his life, obviously. If my brother said, I'm about to kill you, what are you going to do? You're going to pack up and you're going to try to get out of there. So Jacob runs for his life. And at some point in the running, Pastor, he encounters an angel of the Lord. And the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with that angel all night long. Jacob was so desperate for a blessing that he held on to that angel so hard that the angel had to beg him to let him go. He said, you got to let me go. The day's about to break. i got to get out of here. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. But here's the problem. During the struggle of reaching the blessing, he encountered a thorn. Here's the problem of the story. It's, it's awesome. It's cool to wrestle with an angel. That would be amazing to be able to touch and feel an angel of the Lord and pray with him and wrestle with him and say, you're going to bless my family. You're going to bless me, but we don't want the thorn that comes with it. We don't want the thorn that comes with it. So, so Jacob encounters a thorn. His hip got permanently injured and, and he had a, a limp the rest of his life. Jacob could have just let that angel go. He could have just let him go. He could have just released him. He could have just said, okay, I've fought too long. It's been hours. I've wrestled. I'm sweaty. I stink. I've been fighting with you all night long. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Just go. You're not going to bless me. Fine. I've been coming to church for 20 years. God still hasn't answered my prayer. Just go. Fine. Whatever. I'm not going to fight any longer. I've been singing on the praise team for three years and I'm still in a wreck. Fine. Whatever. Just go. I, I, I'm not going to fight with you anymore. He could have done that, Pastor. He could have done that. He could have just taken the broad way. He could have just taken the easy way out, but you don't get blessings taking the easy way out. Uh, when, you're, when you're in church and when, and when things start getting hard and you black, and, and, and if you decide to backslide, hear me right now, you will not get a blessing from God. No, you've got to pray it out. You've got to shout it out. You've got to fast it out. You've got to worship it out. You've got to be steadfast even when there's a thorn attached to it. You've got to get all the way in this until something profound changes in the way that you are. You've got to go all the way until something in your life changes forever. The angel of the Lord said to Jacob, okay, fine. Here's your blessing, Jacob. 
were never meant to be called Jacob. You were never meant to be called that name because the name Jacob means heel grabber. It means a thief. It means you're a stealer. You, you're a thief. You're, you're nothing heel grabber. All you're trying to do is take other people's blessings. All you're trying to do is take other people's birthright. But let me tell you something, Jacob. That was never supposed to be your name. And I'm preaching somebody right now. You were never meant to be called a liar. You were never meant to be called a cheater. You were never meant to be called an alcoholic. You were never meant to be called a drug addict. You were never meant to be called those things. Because Jacob, you have a promise over your life. The angel said, let me go. Jacob said, oh, I need a blessing out of this. I didn't come this far just to leave with a broken hip joint. I didn't come this far to walk away with just a thorn in my side with no blessing attached to it. I didn't come through all these fiery trials to leave broken and bitter and resentful. No, I will not let you go until you bless me. And you might come out with a thorn. You might come out with a limp. So be it. Because if God gives you a thorn, He's going to use that thorn for His glory. Oh, if God gives you a thorn, it always comes with grace. If God gives you pain, it always comes with a way out. If God gives you a situation, it always comes with a door. You've got to be willing to stay in this thing long enough to get to the door. You've got to stop looking at the thorn and start looking at the grace that comes with the thorn. God has not left you. God is with you in this thing. He's an all-time God. Yes, He is. He's an all-time God. If I need Him, He will come when I need Him. Hallelujah. This was the thorn Jacob was given. This was the consequence to his blessing. Here it is. Even when you get blessed by God, that does not mean that I'm away. In fact, you can be met with additional circumstances that you have to navigate through. But the thorns are a blessing. You are not a curse. Why? They are not a curse. Why? Because what else comes out of thorns? Total reliance on God. What else comes out of thorns? Total reliance on the one who gave it to you. The thorn is there for you to rely on him. It's humility. It's humility. It's letting go of the ego. It's letting, it's letting you know that you are not all that in a bag of chips, brother and sister. You need God with you on your side. It's God saying to you, you might think you're strong, but I'm stronger. You might think you have it all together, but you don't. I'm the one who has it all together. But the quicker you come to that realization, the better off you're going to be. If you go through this life trying to make it to heaven and prosperity on your own, you're going to be met with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Because our righteousness... The things that, that we do, the good things that we do, is filthy rags. It amounts up to absolutely nothing. Your resume means nothing. Everything, everything that they read about you when you walk up here to preach means nothing. Every time you sing the song perfectly means nothing when you compare it to what Jesus Christ has done for this world. 
But when you realize that you can't do it on your own, Jacob, when you get tired of running and you submit your will over to God and start following after His will, the doors will begin to open in your life that you never thought would open before. Blessings will start coming from every direction because it does the Father good to give good things to His children. How much more will your Heavenly Father want to give to you? I'm trying to hurry. The thorn in your side is being used to elevate you, not to harm you. Hear me, when you get elevated in the kingdom, it usually comes with thorns. When you get elevated in the kingdom, it comes with trials and tribulation that you have to go through. But don't fear, because God said when you are weak and when you don't feel like you can go on and you don't understand why things are going, why, why you're going through storms in the middle of being blessed, God said my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yes, you might have a thorn in your side. Yes, you might have something you don't think you'll ever be able to get rid of. Yes, you might have to hobble everywhere you go for the rest of your life. But God could very well use that thorn to keep you under His wings. He's using it to keep you under the shadow of the Almighty. He could use that thorn to show other people just how powerful He really is. You might be weak, but you serve a God who is strong. You might be weak, but you're going, but you're going to get the strength from your Father. The blessing of the thorn is that even though you're struggling with the thorn, you're not by yourself in this thing. You have a God that is stronger than your hang-up. You have a God that is stronger than your mistake. I wish someone would get that revelation tonight that your struggle was not meant to destroy you, but it was very well could be the beginning of something very powerful happening in your life. And I just want to go ahead and say, Say this as well. Just because you have a thorn does not mean that you are a mistake. Just because you struggle don't mean you're a failure. Just because you messed up in life does not mean that you have failed God. It just means you need God. And let me tell you something. You're in great company tonight because we all need God. We all have problems that we're navigating through. We all have situations in our lives that God needs to take care of. Stop letting the devil tell you that just because you are barely walking and you have a limp that you're finished. No, sir. No, ma'am. You could very well be on the cusp of the greatest promise that you've ever had in your life. Give me a thorn in my side. I don't care. I'm not letting go until you heal my mind. I'm not letting go until you touch my body. I'm not letting go until you fix the mess I have in my life. If someone would grab a hold of the Lord like that tonight, He will give you the answer that you're looking for. He can give you a new name tonight. He can give you a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost tonight. He can give you a fresh start. He can give you a renewing. He can give you whatever you need. If you get a hold of Him and say, give me a thought if you have to I'm not letting go until you bless me hallelujah hallelujah there are 
There are many references in the Old Testament of thorns. And it's, it's never a good thing when the prophets and judges of God mention thorns. It's never a good sign. The Lord used thorns to illustrate the destruction of something beautiful. He liked to use thorns to illustrate something dying. He told Adam in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden that thorns are going to come up out the ground due to their disobedience and kill off all their crop and kill everything that, that was beautiful and perfect in the garden because they sinned against God. Thorns was coming up and devouring everything that was beautiful in their lives. He told the Israelites in Numbers chapter 33 that if they, if they didn't drive out the inhabitants of the land, they would become thorns in their side and those people would trouble them in the promised land. Solomon, told, Solomon said in Proverbs 15 that the way of the slothful man, the, 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 the lazy man, the man who doesn't do anything, is like a hedge of thorns. It only causes pain and strife. So when you look at the Old Testament, thorns are not very good at all. When you look at the Old Testament, it, it, is, it is very obvious that thorns are not good things. But I love what Jesus does on Calvary. I love what He does on Calvary because what was meant for destruction in your life can be turned into the greatest blessing in your life if God gets a hold of it. What was meant for destruction and pain, God can turn it into something that resembles healing and deliverance in your life. In the Old Testament, thorns were destructive vines. They destroyed everything they touched. But when the Romans took that destructive vine and they wrapped it in a circle and they twisted it up and they made it tight and they pressed it into the head of our Savior, those thorns became our deliverance. Oh, I wish, I wish somebody could receive that right now. The death became life in that moment. The thorns in Jesus' head was meant to heal you. The pain that was felt, the enemy's weapon that was meant to kill you, God can turn it around for your good. The blessing occurred in the middle of pain. And can I tell you tonight, and if you're feeling pain, and if you're feeling remorse, and if you're feeling like you can't go another day because of these thorns in your life, God has already turned it around for your good. God said in this world you're going to have tribulation but be of good cheer for I have already overcome the world. You've got to understand something. When you have a thorn in your side, God has already overcame it. Nothing is by accident in the Bible. Use the crown of thorns to resemble death no longer having dominion over us. You have the opportunity to be healed tonight because of Calvary. You have the opportunity tonight to be set free from your sin because of Calvary. I wonder if someone who knows what I'm talking about could clap their hands and let the devil know that he has already been defeated in this house. He tried to use thorns to kill our Savior, but God turned them into blessings. He tried to use whips to kill our Savior, but God turned them into the healing. He tried to use nails to kill our Savior, but God turned him into salvation. You want to give God some praise for what He's done for you today. 
I got to hurry. I'm running out of time. A thorn can be anything in your life. A sin, a hang-up, a bad choice that's hovering over you. It can literally be anything in your life. But let's, but let's just look at, at sin for a second. Sin. It can be anything, but let's just let's target sin. What do you do to get remission of sins? What do you do to get forgiveness of sins? Acts chapter 2, Peter said you got to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. In other words, in order to get your sins forgiven, you've got to repent. Okay, but here's the question. Who do you repent to? Who do you repent to? You repent to the one who has the power to forgive you of your sins. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So repentance has to be there. Baptism has to be there. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If God would not have done what He did, we would not be able to repent. If Jesus would not have been whipped on that whipping post and nailed to a cross, buried for three days, and raised back up again, we would not have a chance. We'd be hopeless tonight. But a thorn could be a sin. And when we have a need from God, we can go to Him with that need. Let me give you an example. When Moses and the Israelites needed water, God told them, Moses, Brother T, to smite the rock with his staff. Smite the rock. Strike the rock with his staff and water would come forth. What you must understand is that everything in the Old Testament is a prophecy of Jesus. Everything that you read in your Old Testament in the Bible is a prophecy of the coming of God. It's a prophecy of what happens to Jesus. So when Moses struck the rock, Brother T, it was a type and shadow of Jesus being crucified on the cross. Beaten for our transgressions. Wounded for our iniquities. That was what was going on. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. That's what your Bible says. But then as you read further along in the story, of course with the Israelites murmuring and complaining, I can't stand them people. Give us, give us this, give us that. God's literally raining quail down from heaven and manna and you're being led by a fire and a cloud and you still want more from God. I would love to have a cloud lead me every day. But here they are, murmuring and complaining again for water. Moses needs water again, but this time God tells him just to to the rock. Interesting. Interesting. Why did he do that? Because Jesus was not meant to be crucified twice. That prophecy had already been completed. So now all Moses has to do is speak to the rock. Come to the rock. Tell it what you need. I need water. Water would come forth. But not what happens. So what Moses all had to do was speak to the rock. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that if you have a thorn in your side, you don't have to strike anything. You don't have to slap anything. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is talk to your heavenly Father and He is faithful and just to forgive you of anything that you've done wrong. 
The thorns in your life cannot compare to the forgiving power of your heavenly Father. The moment you knees at an altar and confess your sin to God and God alone, He can forgive you of anything. I'm here to tell somebody tonight that you are not too far for Jesus. You didn't do something so bad that God cannot pick you up and dust you back off again. You are not on a hopeless journey. The fact that you're in here tonight should tell you that God loves you enough to bring you here to forgive you of your sins. Somebody needs to thank Him right now for His mercy and His grace. Somebody needs to, needs to praise Him a little bit right now for not leaving you where He found you. Somebody needs to to worship Him and let your neighbor know that God can pick them up from where they are and bring them to where they need to be. Hallelujah. And pastor, you and I have seen so many people walk away from God because of something terribly, something terrible that they committed in their past. We've seen them walk away from God, Brother T, from something that they did 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Let me help you something. We are all guilty and feel remorse for something that we did 10, 15 years ago. But can I tell you that if you have repented of it, it is gone forever. If you have repented of that sin and if you have come to an altar and God has turned your life around, it is gone forever. Stop letting the devil tell you that it's not under the blood. But it's gone forever. Hear me tonight. What a miracle that is. What a miracle that is. Let me tell you something tonight. You can't go back and fix stuff. You're here right now. This is where you are. You're here today, September 17, 2023. You can't go back to 2017 and fix stuff. You can't go back to 2014 and change what you did. That's on your record. But we have a God in heaven that lives outside of time. There is no past, no present, no future in His world. There is no time in His world. And that's a good thing because when He was crucified on that cross, you want to know why His arms were spread apart as far as they could be spread? Because on one hand, He was reaching to the future and giving all of us who are alive today a chance to come to Him through repentance and baptism. And then with the other hand, He was reaching back into the past and reconciling everyone who did not have the chance to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So tonight, I want to tell you that the God that you serve can redeem you from your past. He is a God that can redeem you from the thorns in your life. It's only by the mercy of God that his blood can go back into your past and wash those sins away my God somebody needs to hear me right now it is only by the mercy of God that he can reach back into what you used to do and reconcile you to where you are today somebody ought to stand to your feet and worship God for everything that he has forgiven you in your past all things I said all things have passed away and all things have become new. Remain standing. I'm done. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. 
If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church, or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.